Harry turned the card back over and saw to his astonishment that Dumbledore's face had disappeared. He's gone! Well, you can't expect him to hang around all day, said Ron. He'll be back. No, I've got Morgana again and I've got about six of her. Do you want it? You can start collecting. Ron's eyes strayed to the pile of chocolate frogs waiting to be unwrapped. Help yourself, said Harry. But, in you know, in the muggle world, people just stay put in photos. Do they? What, they don't move at all? Ron sounded amazed. Weird. Harry stared as Dumbledore settled back in the picture on his card and gave him a small smile. Ron was more interested in eating the frogs than looking at the famous witches and wizard cards. But Harry couldn't keep his eyes off them. Soon he had not only had Dumbledore and Morgana, but Hengis of Woodcroft, Albrecht Grenion, Circe, Paracelsus, and Merlin. Finally, he tore his eyes away from the dreadiest Sidlione, who was scratching her nose to open a bag of Bertie Bot's Every Flavor Beans. You want to be careful with those, Ron warned Harry. When they say every flavor, they mean every flavor. You know, you get all the ordinary ones like chocolate and peppermint, marmalade, but then you can get spinach and liver and tripe. George reckons he had booger flavored once. Ron picked up a green bin. A green bean looked at it carefully and bit into a corner. Bleh. See? Sprouts. They had a good time eating the every flavor beans. Harry got toast, coconut, baked beans, strawberry, curry, grass, coffee, sardine, and there and was even brave enough to nibble the end of a funny gray one. Ron wouldn't touch, which turned out to be pepper. The countryside now flying past the window was becoming wilder. The neat fields had gone. Now there were woods, twisting rivers, and dark green hills. There was a knock on the door of their compartment and the round-faced boy Harry had passed on the platform nine and three-quarters came in. He looked tearful. Sorry, he said, but have you seen my toad at all? When they shook their heads, he wailed, I've lost him. He keeps getting away from me. He'll turn up, said Harry. Yes, said the boy miserably. Well, if you see him, he left. Don't know why he's so bothered, said Ron. If I bought a toad, I'd lose it as quickly as I could. Mind you, I brought scabbers, so I can't talk. That rat was still snoozing on Ron's lap. He might have died, and you wouldn't know the difference, said Ron in disgust. Tried to turn him yellow yesterday to make him more interesting, but the spell wouldn't work. I'll show you. Look. He rummaged around his trunk and pulled out a very battered-looking wand. It was chipped in places and something white was glinting at the end, unicorn's hair nearly poking out anyway. He had just raised his wand when the compartment door slid open again. The toadless boy was back, but this time he had a girl with him. She was already wearing her new Hogwarts robes. Has anyone seen a toad? Neville's lost one, she said. She had a bossy sort of voice. Lots of bushy brown hair and a rather large front teeth. We've already told him we haven't seen it, said Ron, but the girl wasn't listening. She was looking at the wand in his hand. 
Oh, are you doing magic? Let let me see it then. She sat down. Ron looked taken aback. Er, all right, he said. He cleared his throat. Sunshine daisies, butter mellow. Turn this stupid fat rat yellow. He waved his wand, but nothing happened. Scabra stayed gray and fast asleep. Are you sure that's a real spell, said the girl? Well, it's not very good, is it? I tried a very simple spell just for practice, and it's all worked for me. Nobody in my family has magic at all. It was ever such a surprise when I got my letter, but I was ever so pleased, of course. I mean, it's the very best school of witchcraft there is. I've heard. I learned all our course books by heart, of course. I just hope it will be enough. I'm Hermione Granger. I'm Hermione Granger, by the way. Who are you? She said this all very fast. Harry looked at Ron and was relieved to see it by his stunned face that he hadn't learned all the course books by his heart either. I'm Ron Weasley, said Ron. I'm Harry Potter, said Harry. Are you really, said Hermione. I know all about you, of course. I got a few extra books for background reading, and you're in Modern Magical World and the Rise and Fall of Dark Arts and Great Wizarding Events of the 20th Century. Am I, said Harry, feeling dazed. Goodness, didn't you know? I'd found out everything I could if it was me, said Hermione. Do either of you know what the house you'll be in? I've been asking around and I hope I'm in Gryffindor. It sounds by far the best. I heard Dumbledore himself was in it. But I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. Anyway, we better go and look for Neville's toad. You two had better you two had better change, you know. I expect we'll be there soon. And she left, taking the toadies the toadless boy with her. Whatever house I'm in, I hope she's not in it, said Ron. He threw his hand, his wand back in his trunk. Stupid spell. George gave it to me, but he knew it was a dud. What house are your brothers in? asked Carrie. Gryffindor, said Ron. Gloom seemed to be settling on him again. Mom and Dad were in it too. I don't know what they'll say if I'm not. I don't suppose Ravenclaw would be too bad, but imagine if they put me in Slytherin. That's the house of all, I mean, you know what was in. Yeah, said Ron. He flopped back into his seat, looking depressed. You know, I think the ends of Scabber's whiskers are getting a bit lighter, said Harry, trying to take Ron's mind off houses. So what does your oldest brother do now that they've left anyway? Harry was wondering what a wizard did once he'd finished school. Well, Charlie's in Romania studying dragons, and Bill's in Africa doing something for Gringotts, said Ron. Did you hear about Gringotts? It's all over the Daily Prophet, but I don't suppose you get that with muggles. Someone tried to rob it in the high-security vault. Harry stared. Really? What happened to them? Nothing. That's why it's such big news. They haven't been caught. My dad says it must have been a bit a very powerful dark wizard to get round Gringotts, but they don't think they took anything. That's what's odd. Of course, everyone gets scared when 
something like this happens in case you know who's behind it. Harry turned this news over in his mind. He was starting to get a prickle of fear every time you know who was mentioned. He supposed this was all part of entering the magical world, but it had been a lot more comfortable saying Voldemort without worrying. What's your Quidditch team? Ron asked. Er, I don't know any, Harry confessed. What? Ron looked dumbfounded. Oh, you wait. It's the best game in the world. And he was off, explaining all about the four balls and the positions of the seven players, describing famous games he'd been to with his brothers and the broomstick he'd like to get if he had the money. He was just taking Harry through the finer points of the game when the compartment door slid open again. But it wasn't Neville, the toadless boy, or Hermione Granger this time. Three boys entered, and Harry recognized the middle one at once. It was a pale boy from Madame Malkin's rope shop. He was looking at Harry with a lot more interest than he'd shown back in Diagon Alley. Is it true, he said. They're all saying all down the train that Harry Potter's in this compartment. So is it? Yes, said Harry. He was looking at the other boys. Both of them were thick-set and looked extremely mean. Standing on either side of the pale boy, they looked like his bodyguards. Oh, this is Crab and this is Goyle, said the pale boy carelessly, noticing where Harry was looking. And my name's Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. Ron gave a slight cough, which might have been hiding a snigger. Draco Malfoy looked at him. Think my name's funny, do you? No need to ask who you are. My father thinks all the Weasleys have red hair, freckles, and more children that they could afford. Harry turned back. He turned back to Harry. You'll soon find out some wizarding families are much better than others, Potter. You don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. He held out his hand to shake Harry's, but Harry didn't take it. I think I can tell who the wrong sort are for myself. Thanks, he said coolly. Draco Malfoy didn't go red, but a pink tinge appeared in his pale cheeks. I'd be careful if I were you, Potter, he said slowly. Unless you're a bit politer, you'll go to this you'll go the same way as your parents. They didn't know what was good for them either. You hang around with riffraff like the Weasley and that Hagrid, and it will rub off on you. Both Harry and Ron stood up. Say that again, Ron said, his face red like his hair. Oh, you're going to fight us, are you, Malfoy sneered. Unless you get out now, said Harry, more bravely than he felt, because Crab and Goyle were a lot bigger than him and Ron. But we didn't feel like leaving, do we, boys? We've eaten all our food, and you still seem to have more. Goyle reached toward the chocolate frog next to Ron. Ron leapt forward, but he so much has such Goyle, Goyle let out a horrible yell. Scabbers the rat was hanging off his finger. Sharp little teeth sunk deep into Goyle's knuckles. Crab and Malfoy backed away as Goyle swung Scabbers round and round howling, and when Scabbers finally flew off and hit the window, all three of them disappeared at once. Perhaps they thought they were 
more rats lurking around among sweets, or perhaps they'd heard footsteps, because a second later, Hermione Granger had come in. What has been going on, she said, looking at the sweets all over the floor, and Ron picking up Scabbers by his tails. I think he's been knocked out, Ron said to Harry. He took closer look at Scabbers. No, I don't believe it. He's gone back to sleep, and so he had. You've met Malfoy before? Harry explained about their meeting in Diagon Alley. I've heard of his family, Ron said darkly. They were some of the first to come back to our side after you-know-who disappeared. Said they've been bewitched. My dad doesn't believe it. He says Malfoy's father didn't need an excuse to go over to the dark side. He turned to Hermione. Can we help you with something? You'd better hurry up and put your robes on. I've just been up to the front to ask the conductor. And he says we're nearly, we're nearly there. You haven't been fighting, have you? You'll be in trouble before we even get there. Scabbers has been fighting, not us, said Ron, scowling at her. Would you mind leaving while we change? All right. I only came in here because people outside are behaving very childishly. Racing up and down the corridor, said Hermione in a sniffy voice. And you've got dirt on your nose, by the way. Did you know? Ron glared at her as she left. Harry peered out the window. It was getting dark. He could see mountains and forests under the deep purple sky. The train didn't seem to be slowing down. He and Ron took off their jackets and pulled out their long black robes. Ron were a bit short for him. He could see his sneakers underneath them. A voice echoed through the train. We'll be reaching Hogwarts in five minutes. Please leave your luggage on the train. It will be taken to the school separately. Harry's stomach lurched with nerves and Ron, he saw, looked pale under his freckles. They crammed their pockets with the last of the sweets and joined the crowd thronging through the corridor. The train slowed down and finally stopped. People pushed their way toward the door and out to a tiny dark platform. Harry shivered in the cold night air. Then a lamp came bobbing over the heads of the students, and Harry heard a familiar voice. First years, first years over here. All right there, Harry. Hagrid's big hairy face beamed over the sea of heads. Come on, follow me. Any more first years? Mind your step now. First years, follow me.